life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Todd and I have been talking a whole bunch before mm-hmm. the podcast ever begins. Yes, that, that always happens. It, it always happens. It's crazy. He comes over and we're just off into the weeds. And one of the things that came up was how much people like the Lemons piece yeah. that just debuted on yeah, Velocity. Yeah, yeah. This was our 24 Hours of Lemons race. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Carl, for being for part sure, co-drivers sure. with us on this race. But yeah. it's, of course, created the itch. And so many of you have actually, I've seen in social media saying, thanks, guys. Now I'm shopping for $500 cars. And this is the I've problem. I've got the itch. I'm going to yeah. be racing. I've got to do it. And that was the whole point of the episode was to show you that you can indeed of course you need dale to go wrangle everything and you know calculate fuel stops and all that stuff so dale suddenly you've got a new job yeah funny going around the country and organizing everybody's races maybe that is a job you you and i have never said less actually about a car quantifiable in an episode but because it was just an experiential piece about (laughs) trying to get through this thing and experiencing it as newbies and seeing what it's really like and many of you have really responded which is really cool thank you guys for watching the velocity channel in general we really appreciate it uh tell a friend that has velocity to watch it we'd love to have as many people as possible now remember we've got episode seven coming up Seven, yes. Which is our last new one for the season, and then we're going to rerun everything to get the, the rest of 13 weeks. This show's on through March, folks, so season <laughs> two thing. is yes. still running. Of course, it's yes. going to work its way out to both YouTube, and of course, it is in the middle of releasing one a week to Vimeo right now. Yes, agreed, so agreed. It, so it's out there for sure. By the way, if you've seen it and you are an IMDb person and you would like to rate the show on IMDb, I would appreciate it because I am resisting the urge to rate my own show. I refuse to do that. Create a new login. And I refuse to do that. Could you make you know some artificial intelligence to go in and create a whole bunch of new users I'm sure and there's then people go rate that, your own show? I'm sure there's people that do that. or have. Rated show, you know, I'm sure that's happened. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if, if, if you've if you watched the show and you want to give it an honest review, we'd love that on IMDb. Thank you for listening and doing that with the podcast as well. The podcast is growing a lot. Both the guys tonight here have found the podcast kind of recently and are writing cool. in as a result. We thank you guys for finding. We've got uh, Rod writing in to us from Pastina and also Kareem writing in as well. And they both are kind of new to the podcast, but they, they're sending in their car debates that are both very cool. And, man, the questions. I think I noted – and like 10, we won't get to all of these. There's so many that are good. There's a lot of great ones. And thank you to both of you for writing in, as Todd said. This is going to be a lot of fun. And there's some through lines. Mm-hmm. And I'll Always give you the are. headlines are, here. Yeah. Both of these guys are 48 years old. They both have three kids. And Kareem has another one on the way. And they're looking for cars that say, you know what, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, you know, wanting something for the kids that yeah. works in my life. But... You know, there's going to be some compromises made. So we're not yeah. looking for track cars. We're not no, looking for the no, Canyon no, no. Carvers even really. But something fun. And it rarely happens that I am just knifing in. I'm, I am sniper shotting my way into both these Are guys' really? lives with my car choices. Good. I do I'm have excited a few, about that. but okay. I'm kind of proud of my choices for Kareem. When we get to his Good. debate on Good. the Good. second half of the podcast here... Well, I'm proud. This car, I think everybody has forgotten about. Oh, I'm excited to hear yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, both these guys are dealing with that real life thing we talk about. Oh, you, know, yeah. you have a real yeah, job, yeah. a real life, a wife, kids, lots of stuff's going on, lots of moving parts, and you're still a car guy. You want to move things around. You have you have a real budget, not an astronomical, whatever it happens. It's not, no, you've got a real budget. And both of these guys also have the cars that do the major family duty. But they aren't buying wild, you know, two seat track cars. They don't have to, they've still got to. I do have to pick up the kids today. Yeah, exactly. So that's always very exactly. difficult. Uh, Rod's actually writing in as a, a freelance TV editor there's, from Pasadena, there's which is lines. very cool. He's a TV editor, mm-hmm. you know, which covers your, you know, side yeah. of the, yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah, well, I, I, he's I feel, in Pasadena, I feel his pain. where I used yeah. to live, where For my sure. alma mater, Art Center College of Design, is yeah. located. Yeah. I mean, there's all these through lines. Well, it's great. I, I feel his pain because he talks about, as a freelance editor, he d- never knows where in town he might be driving and at yeah. what hours. Yeah. So these are real considerations. So gas mileage, commuting, and he does want an automatic because he may be sitting in bumper to bumper right now, or he may be driving home tomorrow night at three in the morning. This is how this freelance editing gig goes. The, the funniest part about this, I feel like, is the random part in the second paragraph, and I almost have a rant to go with it. Oh, no, a rant. Yeah, I know. It's frightening. Uh, because he said, <laughs> I've never owned a car of my, the car of my dreams, which I think 
would be a 70s or 80s Porsche 911. I see no problem. Here's my rant. Uh-oh. Look, I, I, I like the 911. I like the air-cooled 911. Yeah. There is a thing going on in California, L.A. specifically, Hollywood even more specifically, that has turned this into a complete and utter cult. And if you yes. are existing in that world, there is it's somehow permeating that the car that the car that everybody has to have the, the only car that matters. Do you own an air cooled nine eleven? Because you know, everybody wants to I mean, stop, 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 stop. They're you could v- count me among members. I know they're that, very cool, but yeah, I, I don't get the ins- I don't get the sense of two things. One, Rod says he's never really owned a car that he's just like his dream car that he's loved. Mm-hmm. And he's not a wrencher with a, with a garage and a bunch of time. So he says, what I think I want to do at some point is just buy a shell of an air-cooled 911 and build it up from a shell. Rod, don't worry about it. Todd's just finding the contradictions in your email here. Rod, Rod, when, perfectly fine. when is this going to happen? This, <laughs> this is going to be your project for the next two decades, okay? Let's get you a car you can drive. And, and the air-cooled 911s, they're very cool. But they aren't as cool as Hollywood has led all of Hollywood to believe. I suppose. But it could come back to a connection. You know, just maybe it's a uh, Miami Vice connection and you identify with Ferraris and that kind of thing. I, I or you guess. saw, I just... you know, some other TV show back in the day and you you know that burn an impression yeah porsches no, did that i mean I, did it to they me, do did it lots, to many kids. lots of cars have done that well if, if you're a car guy right now there is that car from your childhood where you're just like you know what it was and it might not even make much sense but there's just that car that you first thought what is that and how do i get it mm-hmm. and you may have been four but it still happened so I, I i do understand that but i'm just saying there are a lot of cars out there you don't have to this is why the air-cooled 911 prices are nuts yeah I'm going to continue to nurture that dream for you, Rod. I'm not going to okay. let it die. All I'm right. going to stab okay. it and leave it in the gutter. It's okay, but we've got to get you into something that you're going to love, too. Now, Rod currently owns and dailies an 06 Honda Accord four-cylinder. He said it's been completely reliable, as Honda Accords are. Mm-hmm. He's got a 15-year-old soon-to-be driver who will most likely receive this car as his first car. Sounds perfect. Which is an excellent choice. And then the rest of the family gets hauled around in the 07 Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So they are a full-on Honda family. They are, for sure. And, but uh, they, yeah. have the, they have the utility cars covered, too. Oh, they do. Yeah, Which is for great. sure. So with uh, the 15-year-old looming driver, Honda Accord driving kid, he's saying, I'm wanting a car that has some enthusiast feel without ditching practicality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of reading into that based on your suggestions. There's some hatch suggestions. There's some four-door suggestions. Yeah. He had, uh, you know, some desire. He's admired the sport and style of German automobiles, mm-hmm. but is afraid by the maintenance and costs and expenses and all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure, but sure. But on the other hand, there's hundreds of thousands of people worldwide that drive German cars and, yeah. you know, are fine. <laughs> Just saying. You True. Can, you can do True. some things to mitigate that. He's looking at an 08 Volkswagen GTI with a DSG. That's what he has driven. He's also owned an 03 Passat wagon, 05 Acura TL, mm-hmm. and an 06 Civic SI that he took autocrossing. So yes. he loved that part too. Yes. So Hondas are German cars. Mm-hmm. Japanese are German. This is, this is the debate. But, he, but he'd like to have something that, look, let's be honest. He's going to sit in traffic in this car. Oh, yeah. We know about L.A. Yeah. Both of us have yeah, lived yeah. there. We know Pasadena. We're, I used to live in Pasadena. And we're going back regularly, and we're seeing that traffic, too. Yeah, we are so the, the, definitely the, in it. And there's that picture that happens every Thanksgiving that is the like Christmas picture. It's the, it's the every Thanksgiving picture, and it's just the 405 blocked. Mm-hmm. It's white going one way, red going the other, and it's just like, hey, it's, it's an accidental Christmas card photo in the middle of L.A., and there's people down there sitting in that. Yeah. It happens every year. So, so you want to be able to, to have that and still hopefully have a little bit of fun. I, we're staying in the four-door world, I feel like, or at least four, four good seats. I didn't go all four doors, but I'm okay. all good four seats. Okay. But I also read into this that this car needs to just run. It does. And I also feel like there's an element here where you want to have fun with it, but it can't be too precious because it needs to do just the work-a-day stuff. It does. It's it's a hard, fine line to figure yeah. out. The, yeah, yeah. You know, enthusiast, the practicality, yeah. the fun, but beautiful, but, you know... I love it. You know, it's my baby, but not too precious, you know. Yeah. All those I've kinds got, of things. I've got a few for Rod. I've, I've got a, a kind of a range of cars. I've got four that are all, you'll, you'll, I think you'll see the thread on all of them, but they're all very different. 
Okay. All right. Well, Rod, I've got two for you. They're very similar. And I am nodding to your 2018 GTI suggestions with the DSG mm-hmm. Golf R. Sure. That would work. He's also suggested the Audi S3. Mm-hmm. And he also mentioned the rear-wheel drive Infiniti Q50, which mm-hmm. has kind of piqued his interest, too. I kind of find that interesting. Yeah. I, okay. You know, it's not German, but it is certainly Japanese. It'd be great. Reliability, all that kind of stuff. And uh, what else? He's considered a new Honda Accord or a Mazda 6. But ultimately, he's saying it's got to be stylish and powerful and comfortable. And again, I'm thinking automatic or yeah. dual clutch. Yeah, needs to be, ideally. I, I'm just going to get right to it. And I'm going to throw down with German cars here, Rod. Okay, good. I am excited that uh, this could be a possibility, despite the fact that the only thing missing in your email is a price range. We're kind of extrapolating that. I mean, when we're talking uh, GTIs, a DSG, or a Golf R, I'm thinking we're up at forty grand at the most. At the most, which I pushed on. Of course, of course I did. Yeah. All right, so uh, I'm getting right to it. My my first thought for you is an Audi S7. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking okay. A7 maybe, but if you can pop for the S7, yeah. I'm pushing. What a distinctive so you're going, stylish. You're going used. Beautiful. It'd have to be used, certainly. A lot of, lot of utility in that car, too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And a lot of comfort for sitting Absolutely. in traffic. Absolutely. But I thought, you know what? Better than the S7, despite the power of that car, I found you a 2014 Porsche Panamera. I wondered if you'd go there. For $43,000. With 30,000 miles. Okay. Now, this is the regular V6, and the reason I'm recommending this sure, yeah. is for many reasons. Reliability, they put that engine, Volkswagen Group did. They put mm-hmm. that engine in lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be fine. From a power standpoint, no, it's not a turbo, but you don't need it, and you're not going to pay the insurance costs of a True. Panamera turbo. True. Yeah. It's going to be everything a GTS or a Turbo S is, and it's a V6 that you and I have found has great power it's solid it's fun yeah crank out five six thousand beyond that and you're you're gone it's yeah. great power well still i mean it's still a 300 horsepower car yeah okay and and you know I, I do i didn't go there but i like that you brought that up because the thing about that is and i'll speak to this as the guy with a hundred thousand mile cayenne base cayenne <laughs> yes that long-term video is coming up but <laughs> yeah. but here's the thing when you get the lower end porsches two two key things one go find yourself a independent porsche mechanic you'll save unbelievable amounts of money secondly when it's lower end on the scale of options for that car there's less to go wrong very true. And our Cayenne Very just true. runs. And the people I know that have had money pit Cayennes, guess which one they have? They have a Turbo S. Right, right. And every time I get in your Cayenne, I think, this is not a 100,000-mile car. I agree it's with not, you. It I feels tight and solid mm-hmm. and clean. Your wife keeps it very clean. She does keep much it. Much too much. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. But it just feels so solid and great. I'm thinking, this will last another 100, no problems. Probably. And that, but that V6, that v, V6 Panamera, that is the upside to that, is that it, there's, less, there's less you're going to spend money on. There's less yeah. that's likely to go wrong with it. And it's still going to be great to drive. I didn't go there, but I do like that a lot. Plus PDK. I know. I mean, I know. Yeah. Comfort, comfortable, stylish powerful sure not as powerful but fine i mean for your usage it's going to be an excellent road trip car you're going to be delighted to go outside and look the fact that you've got a porsche panamera it's a four-door 911 rod that's it they get sold that way for sure just saying you know i'm trying to tug on your heartstrings a little bit because we know your heartstrings are directly connected to Visa and MasterCard. Well, so and, and it's a four-door 911 you don't have to build in your garage. <laughs> that's, I'm that's just saying. Part. I'm just saying. So there you go. Those are my two choices for you, Rod. Okay. I'm hoping that that resonates. Of course, now you've got some driving to do. For sure. But for uh, sure. I'm sure that's going to happen. So uh, hopefully that's I do like that. I don't know if Rod would have the problem of, wow, we're paying our freelance editor too much. But anyway, but, but <laughs> Could be. perception versus reality. But, park you know, around the corner and then that's all right. know, skateboard the rest of the way or something. <laughs> Funny. Very nice. So I have I have four I want to talk about. One of them I'm going to quickly take out of the equation. You'll need to understand why. But I want to talk about four. Here's where my brain went. Okay. He's had an Accord, which is a good-sized car. Yeah. The other car is the Odyssey. I wanted to get Rod into something smaller, just small. Sure. And, of course, look, I'm the small car guy anyway, but just get that little enthusiast feel out of it just because it became a smaller car. Yeah. So there's that. I am concerned for you about gas mileage and a car that you don't have to be too precious with. I do mm-hmm. really like the GTI Golf R recommendation. You kind of feel in many ways like the perfect Golf uh, Golf 
buyer here. The Golf R would be really fun. I mean, it would be... <laughs> He's a foregone conclusion? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying... I'm you just saying, fit our demographic perfectly. Well, you know, but Volkswagen's got a nice broad demographic there, too. They I do. mean, here's the thing. When you, when you want to just sit there in the commute and it just needs... The DSG's great. Mm-hmm. Fine. Sure. When you want to hoon it a little bit, you've got a good open on-ramp or section of a nice road in California. That Golf R will be great. The GTI would be great. Which is the one right at Orange Grove, actually, right under the 134. It's that true. is the best. That And you There's are no you are on. a key. You are one of the best at that. I've, <laughs> I've, I've watched you frighten more people. Actually, the, one of the very few times that I've ever been, we're going to die, was with you on that on-ramp. And in general, your driving doesn't scare me. I can text while you drive. It doesn't bother me. But it's on true, that on-ramp, you, you have a special affinity for that on-ramp. And a lot of practice. Anyway, yes, you did. So I do think that's a really strong contender here, so I have to mention that. Your, your past love of the Civic Si influenced me a little bit. And okay. I want to come back to that because this, the current Civic Si doesn't work because it's manual transmission. True. So True. as much as I'd like to kind of have you gravitate back toward that, we wind up in a manual. So I want to, but that just kind of, that kind of stayed in my brain as, wait a minute, he really liked that Civic Si and it's the right size. So what do we do? While staying German though, I did have this thought. Okay. Because, you know, we could say like two series. We, we talk up the M235 all the time. Okay. Regularly. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing, the, one of the reasons I, I like that car so much to talk about it is, for everybody to own it is because we've watched those cars live in the fleet at RSR, get hammered on <laughs> they, Spa on the Ring, which is about as beat hard down. as you can be on a yeah. car, and they just run. And by all kinds of different drivers, yes. some of who are very ham-fisted and clueless, yes. and others that can extract and we've, beautiful symphonies out we've, of them. We've driven it with the eight-speed auto. We've driven yeah. it with the six-speed yeah. manual. And it just runs, and it feels great to drive. So I think, the, look, the two series is, is a candidate, but I thought, wait, 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 wait. Hmm. I want to go more unique and a little more kind of enthusiast hardcore. Okay. You can't go 1M because it's manual transmission and it's probably out of your budget, but you could go 135IS. Oh. This, my friend, is the baby 1M. It's just, it's almost a 1M. And automatic? It's that scale and you can get it with their DCT. You can. That's you right. Can. That's right. 135IS is my almost wild card because it's a little bit of an oddball, but you've got German car, rear wheel drive, almost the 1M in feel. And it's small. It's very small. It's got good power. I mean, nice steering. Feel. It's got all the. It's got a lot of the good things of the one M without mm-hmm. being the one M. It's not quite there, but it's like ninety percent. Sure, sure. One thirty five IS, I think, is a really good candidate. You could get one, and you can get it with the DCT. Okay, I could see this. So that's cool. You're gonna have to hunt for that car. That seems like a rare you beast. Are. I, I looked it up, and I found him. I was on Auto Tempest. You did, okay. And I looked it up. All right. And I did find them because I was specifically going. Wait a minute, I'm pretty sure they're DCT. Are they? And I started finding them. Gotcha. So there they are. Gotcha. Okay. I, well, hang on. I say DCT. Wait, wait, wait. Let me back up. I know they're auto. They're probably not the dual clutch. They're probably just the seven-speed auto. But I, but I'd have you'd have to check. My point is, you can get an automatic, and you can't in the one M. Okay. okay. Then I have this car, which I almost feel like is our answer. In spite of all of those other ideas, I almost feel like I've got the answer for Rod, and it it almost surprised me when I landed on it. But this is where the Civic Si led me. Okay. Automatic, decent gas mileage, usable. I mean, put, put great that, gas mileage, actually. No, no, no. I'm saying where I'm headed. Put, okay. put those three categories on okay. the board. All right. Also, perfectly hoonable, reliable, fun. Okay. This is a hard list. It is. It's actually tougher than it sounds. Subaru WRX, the current one, brand new. Really? Because this is something that someone of any age can drive. The STI, you can say, am I too old for this car? But the WRX can blend with traffic. It's one of those cars that, look, Yeah, it we're blends. Not, we're not talking. We're oh, not, it blends. You know, <laughs> it, it does blend. We're not talking about, okay, there's no, you've lost the German thing. But you like that Civic. Mm-hmm. You, have a Honda, you have a Honda Accord you actually think is fine right now. It just doesn't have any personality. The WRX has personality. The WRX is fun to drive. The only downside to this that I can see, honestly, is the fact that the automatic in that is actually a CVT masquerading as a real transmission. Yeah. Now, as CVTs go, which we don't like, it is good because Subaru has done a good job of calibrating one where you can pull a paddle and actually pick a gear. So you don't have the rubber band effect that just plagues them in almost every other usage. Nissan, I'm looking at you. Uh, But... (laughs) But... 
that so that CVT, if if you've got to go that world, at least Subaru has done it <clears throat> somewhat right. It scampers. This is a car that scampers. It's a it's a honestly that car is fun in in stick shift and it is even fun with that CVT. Yeah. And I just think, I just think, no, no, come on, come on. Compared to, compared to the, the compared to most, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. CVTs are the bane of. I know our existence. we don't like them, but but I also think about the fact that that is a car. If if I, I here's my concern: if you wind up in that brand new Golf R, or you wind up in a BMW, you spend a bunch of money on, or the Panamera you suggested, are you going to be concerned about the car? In just doing L.A. life More stuff. so than a Subaru, for sure. If you're in your I Subaru your WRX, point. you just you parked it on the street and you went to your gig, and it's a Subaru WRX. I, I love it. It's fun, but it's a Subaru WRX that's parked on the block. I don't care. As much. <laughs> As much. As much. That's the key. You still right care. There. So I, I really think that's not on your radar, but I think it should be. I think you might be really happy in that WRX. Interesting. Okay, so also to confirm, it looks like later in production run, the BMW 135i automatic got replaced by a DCT. It was out of the Z4 and various other cars, so we're actually right about both. So if you want the DCT in the 135, you're going to have to go later in the model year run, and you're going to have to kind of go hunting a little bit. But you can get it, so I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. Interesting. Something in there is bound to help Rod out. Let yeah. us know what you got. Enjoy Pasadena. Pasadena is awesome, actually. And it I is. hope that, that all of this helps you. Beautiful. All right, Rod, thanks for writing in. We really appreciate it. Hello to your family. And uh, we are going to take a short break with commercials and be right back. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. I'm not talking any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's even in quotes. This is exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One lucky grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castro Nevis. But that's not all. That's right. That's not all. Listen to what else awaits this grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access, suite access to watch the race, $1,000 in cash for incidental travel or event-related expenses, round-trip airfare for two people to and from Indianapolis, Indiana, hotel accommodations for two people for five nights at a hotel near the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Grand transportation to and from the airport, hotel, and speedway, and multiple chances to meet the drivers. Just like they do when making high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. And if that's not enough, 10 first-place winners will receive one free digital download code for the Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY to 41487. That's Indy to 41487. Or you can visit amsoil.com slash Indy. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Pitch. Yeah, and a ham horn. And uh, we have a new <laughs> podcast available on the Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Uh, Ourselves. A, a lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good, so he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. We're back with our second car debate, also for a dad of three that's 48. This one's Kareem, though. So we we totally changed the world. This is the podcast. Yeah, that, apparently this evening that's what we're doing. But actually, Kareem just started listening to our podcast. He's listened to, I think, all of two or three episodes and went, I'm writing a car debate. Welcome, my friend. Rescue Pet Motorsports is his is his race team, which makes me laugh. I love that it's called Rescue Pet Motorsports. Uh, he actually has uh, three kids, one on the way. But two of his kids are driving, which which means we don't have to have a, you know, how many seats can we get in this car problem. True. Which helps. True. And, uh, and he does have... Um, 
um, his current fleet of fun is the 996 40th anniversary with many, many mods from the 997 and elsewhere. And a spec Miata, his description, because everyone should have one. <laughs> so those things exist. But he currently, as his daily has, this is where the problem comes in. The 2016 Volkswagen GLI six-speed that he leased a year and nine months ago. He's being very specific because this can't end fast enough. <laughs> and that's why he's here. Leases that can't end fast enough dot com. Yeah, that, that, that's Headline pretty much what Kareem. Papa Lease is. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Kareem is actually very experienced. He has uh, had 55 cars in his life. Mm-hmm. Ten of them are club racing cars. He has been track racing since 1992, and he's run on 20-plus tracks on four different continents. Guy's got some experience. Yeah, there's a disease happening here. Want to go sure. to the ring, Kareem, and spa? In, <laughs> we uh, we are going to September. We're going to go just, again. It's just saying, happen. this yep, is one of is. the first podcasts that we're starting to propose this year's trip for 2018. Yep. Just planting the seeds right now with everybody listening. It's, it's looking like the back half of the month. We can't confirm yeah, it. It's looking like the back half of the month. But it is happening awesome. yet again. It's, it's an annual thing for sure. All right. So as Todd said, he's got the fleet, the lease he is uh, really looking forward to getting out of. And, uh, yeah, quite a range of kids' ages here. He doesn't have a tow vehicle. So, he, you know, he's got to borrow his wife's 2017 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland. which uh, To tow things to the track. I know about this car. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. She hates driving sticks, so it's always a hassle for him to steal the car. That that hassle, by the way, that hassle, that word could be swapped out for a conversation. (laughs) That's what that that means. Delightful, Honey, I I need to take your Jeep Grand Cherokee. I've cleared the next 15 minutes to talk this through. (laughs) So Kareem does give us a price range here. He says he wants to spend about 40K, give or take Mm -hmm. Mm 5,000. Well, <clears throat> which direction do you think I'm going to take this? Well, uh, he also ranks some cars that he's currently thinking about. And again, based on the list and based on your price range, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking four doors. I'm thinking something that's kid-friendly. And also, it sounds like of the 55 cars you've owned in your life, you've had quite a few BMWs. Mm-hmm. Quite a few of everything, but you don't list them all. You have not given us your car history. And it probably take <laughs> scroll, about three days scroll, to scroll, 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 yeah. and read through it. Mm-hmm. But I like his uh, his list here about things that he started to sniff around mm-hmm. and things that are interesting to him. Topping yeah. the list being the Chevy SS. Mm-hmm. Did you notice this? I did notice this. How says could I, I not? Chevy SS. For, says I keep coming back to this. Chevy it's SS for everyone. It's really cool. The previous gen Cadillac CTSV. Mm-hmm. He's wondering if it's getting long in the tooth. And the only thing that's keeping me from recommending the CTS-V more or any Cadillac V-Series product Mm -hmm. is that stupid interface. (laughs) I want to take a Sawzall and I want to chop it out of the dash. And I'd rather – I'll put anything right there. But but hang on. The the one he's talking about, it doesn't have the Q system. The the one he's talking about doesn't have the Q. Think about Raul's uh, six-speed wagon. The prior gen does not. True. That's certainly better. That's, hell. <laughs> better because we've avoided the Q system. Better in the grand just, scheme? I don't know. Yeah. You know, any CTSV, I'm just going, yeah, great car. You're going to hate interacting with everything in that car. I'm sorry. But the driving experience is amazing. Yeah. The console is just frustrating. Yeah. And uh, it's piano black, so you can just see how many fingerprints existed on it before you got in the car. I would like to talk to designers that decided piano black would be a cool thing. It looks fantastic when no one's touched it, uh-huh. but the, the but you bought. Look, you didn't buy the car; you test drove the car. Ruined, ruined, done, done. We're done. All right. So, what else is on the list? E thirty M three. He has also suggested some Mercedes Benz cars for himself: C sixty three or E sixty three twenty twelve or newer. Mm-hmm. Since ideally, BMW three forty M Sport is on the list, but he says after a dozen BMWs, I think they have lost their way. Um. No, it just depends on the car that you buy from them. Well, that's the thing. They've splintered themselves so much in the search for market share and for the 50 people that will buy car blank. The X4. Uh, the GT. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. Is As a result, they, they've splintered themselves so much. There are many, many cars in their lineup that don't play back to that ultimate driving machine at all. But now it's what's like advanced efficiency or something that, that sounds like something you'd get in a dish detergent. And BMW <laughs> is now chasing that. Used to be the ultimate driving machine. And now we all have. Yeah, anyway. It sounds okay. like. Ford's marketing team, the EcoBoost thing. Why can't we just use turbo? Why, Turbo's yeah. a cool it's word. Turbo. It's been turbo. Why can't you just say twin turbo? We made a turbo. Sounds good. It, it worked. It worked for Volvo. 
No kidding. Volvo, the most boring square car on the planet. You put the word turbo on the back of it, and all the enthusiasts went, what was this now? <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry? A Volvo turbo? Really? Point the way. Anyway. All right. So the last car on his list here is the IS350, and he mm-hmm. says, that would leave me pocket change for more toys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like your disease. thinking. But, but here's the thing in all of these. that I, The thing I'm taking away from this story is this. This is a car that would replace that GLI. Yeah. Now we've got to have a car that is more fun than the GLI, which clearly has been established as a low bar. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, he needs to be a walk, car apparently. that when he says to his wife, I need to take your Jeep Cherokee, she goes, okay. What she needs to do and the way she needs to drive it, yeah. it's going to be okay. So it's got to be better for Kareem and still accessible for his wife. This choice, I that could still work. For that qualification, my choice could still work. Okay, good. So Kareem says, he continues saying, this has to be rear-wheel drive. Maintenance costs are a concern, but he said the reason that he got the GLI was because his 2006 Cayenne Turbo S started grabbing thousands of dollars out of his wallet quicker than he could list it for sale, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is as those cars do. I mean, welcome to the... You well, know, first gen Cayenne Turbo S. Well, but it's it's also first gen point one. The O three to 06, those are the ones that when they become money pits, they become black holes for your cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody has their thing. You know, mm-hmm. sailing apparently is like standing in a cold shower, ripping up thousand dollar bills. Or you could own an O six Cayenne Turbo S. Yeah. Well, the joke that you've always told me is the two best days in a boat owner's life are the day he gets the boat, the day he sells it. There My it is. My dad experienced that. He was. Like clicking his heels the day that boat left the driveway. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Kareem, uh, I I think I think I've got your car here. Did you sniper shot this? Really? I did. I started out with okay. the E thirty nine BMW M five. Okay, love this car. Yeah. As a matter of fact, enthusiastauto.com has a manual <laughs> two thousand two Le Mans Blue M five with fifty five thousand miles. For right at $45,000. That's gorgeous, but would his wife want to drive it? That's gorgeous, but would the wife want to drive it? No, because it's manual. Yeah. So that leads me to this car. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. And I think everybody listening, I am baiting you. I realize I'm drawing this out longer than necessary. (laughs) Yes, yes you are. (laughs) But I think you've forgotten about this car. It's something that I'm actually intrigued with. I like the styling. Okay. It intrigues me. Okay. I think it could be fun to drive. Having never driven it, I think it could be pretty cool. All right. You're not ready for this car. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. No, none yeah. of you are ready for okay. this car. Okay, all right. I found two of them within the price range, well within the price range, and interestingly, both were in Texas. I okay. don't know what it is about Texas having a plethora of these cars for sale. Texas is actually a place to buy cheap cars. It really is. Here it is, everyone. It's the BMW 640i Grand Coupe. It's mm. the four-door six series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found a 2013 with 54,000 miles for 28.8. You're kidding. This is a $90,000 car brand new. You're kidding. I found a 2016 BMW 640i Grand Coupe with just under 30,000 miles for 45 grand at Certified Autoplex in Carrollton, Texas. This car in like a week. I just want to drive by and see that that car exists. I found boatloads of them. Beautiful 2015s, 2016s. They're all half the price for what the MSRP on this car was. It's a beautiful, fast, luxury car. Four doors. I actually like the styling better than the two-door 6 Series. That's actually interesting. I do too. I've never really liked the 6 Series, but the Grand Coupe kind of changed it for me. And it's a niche model. Talk about yeah. splintered. Totally. Totally. Here it is. It's a great and example of that. Kareem, I know you've probably owned a boatload of BMWs in your life. He has, for sure, yes. However, for the price and the fact that you said, would your wife want to go drive this car? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, she would. Yeah. I she might actually lend you the Jeep Interesting. for a week. <laughs> go tow whatever it is you need to tow around, honey. You go, tow, you go tow to the track. I'm taking the BMW. I'm car. gone. That's interesting. I okay. think everybody's forgotten about the Grand Coupe. Yeah, well, clearly, based on those prices, we have all forgotten. I'm floored. And yeah. every single car is like this. I mean, 19,000 miles on one of them. It's white, and they're half the price. They're like That's 40 shocking. grand. That's shocking. That car's dropping what? really quick. I actually like the interior. I yeah. like that it's yeah, yeah. low and... Mm-hmm. Real, just stretched out. I prefer the Grand Coupe on that as well. I have to admit, that's really cool. I think everybody forgot about this car. So that that. is my recommendation for you, Kareem. Okay. I I can't do something as clearly out of the box as you did there. I am impressed. I do have to say, 
you like the Chevy SS. I have to back the Chevy SS. No one's surprised. No one is <laughs> surprised. surprised. But I, I think that car would be fun for you, and it would just run. Now, you're talking about the auto version. When If you watch our review, we originally drove the auto. Since then, I've driven the everything-you-want, six-speed, magnetic ride, blah. That's, that's, that's the He's business He's also on shot that car. one into space, haven't you? No, oh, but 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 that that is that is actually really awesome. I've driven that on the track, and that yes. car is really surprising in general. But if you got the the six speed auto in that, fine. Oh yeah, that'd fine. Be great. I mean, I think you would just just having that LS in it, you'd find it more fun than the GLI. Just budget just for that. rear tires. Yes, yeah. honey, check out my car. Hundred yards of rubber down the street. Well, maybe your wife will do that when she borrows the car. <laughs> that, that, that'd be a real him. success. She really likes the Chevy SS. You know you've won it life, when Exactly. <laughs> your wife's doing burnouts. So there's that. You, you brought up the, uh, the, the previous-gen CTS-V. I'm going to curveball off of that. Have okay. you driven the current ATS-V? It's got that Q system that I want to hack. I know. I, I know. would like to take a fire axe I know you, to I that know. system. I know you're a huge fan. They're going to get you their spokesperson. It's going to be awesome. They're going to send me one mounted on a plaque, aren't they? You're just going to hang it above your fireplace. It's just going to be just the Q system. <laughs> They'll walk in the house and be like, what's going on there? What? Why? Are the you... more fingerprints, the better. It's modern <laughs> exactly. art now. That's what it is. It's going to be modern art. Anyway, no, dri- drive the ATSV with the magnetic ride. That, that car is shockingly agile. And yet it's a very it's, nice place it's to great. be. It's great. It's a very nice place to be. Yeah. Styling is polarizing. Some people love it. Some people are like, "What is that? It's a Cadillac." More angles and sharp edges. Seriously, but I actually, I actually think the ATS looks great on the road. Yeah, it does. It's got it does. really good proportions. ATS V sedan, get that used. It'll be in your budget. I think that's one to look at. Okay. So I like the Chevy SS. I like the ATS V. And then I'm shocked you didn't say it. Hmm. Kia Stinger. Kia Stinger's up there. Now, if you if it, you trick if you trick it out, that's that car's the fifty grand. They're fifty two or fifty three. You get everything on it. It's fifty well, grand. Yeah, but okay, don't get everything on it. What's what's the forty five thousand dollars Kia Stinger GT? No, you're a right. Nice you're car. absolutely right. A really nice car. Yeah, and it's I mean it's good looking. Here here's the thing. It does the thing the SS does not, and that is it looks interesting. I like the SS. I'm one of the biggest fans of the SS out there. It just doesn't look that interesting. The Kia Stinger. Nice mallet. Uh, is what? SS? Yeah. <laughs> Which rental car? No. That, no. So anyway, that, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the problem with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, if you like sleepers, that's, that's a victory. But it is the ultimate sleeper because nobody knows what it is. <laughs> it's your license the, plate. Victory. Yeah. The, but the, 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 the Kia Stinger is just a cool-looking car. You see that it's on the gorgeous. road? It's just got presence. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. For a brand-new car, mm-hmm. if you're going brand-new... Yeah, buy the fully as much Kia Stingers you can get for forty exactly grand. Right. Exactly Still right. Still a great car for sure. For sure, that's my list. Interesting. This is getting fun. Your Grand Coupe is cool, though. I have to say that I, just, I did not see coming. I dove into pages of Grand Coupes for sale, going, "What's wrong with this that's, car?" That's your follow-up album. Pages of Grand Coupes. Oh no. Yeah. Anyway, trying to care was your first album. <laughs> Anyway, if you haven't seen that, by the way, we should repost it because every time I see it, it makes me laugh. My Moving sophomore on. album coming up soon. Well, not that soon. All right, so uh, questions. <laughs> We've got to get to these. Craziness. So many. Did you notice uh, Derek wrote to us? Derek I did. was on our first pilgrimage trip. It's on my list as well. He has gone through a saga of used cars. Yes. But uh, he's thinking about getting one for his wife. Did you notice well, this? Well, he's going shark car shopping. <laughs> and for the first time ever, his wife has gone, well, I have some interests. I have some cars I'd like to get. And so that's the whole question. Do I get what I want or do I cultivate her interest? Mm. Cultivate. That, that, that's, cultivate. This is a, a classic question because uh, this is my wife and I. When yeah, she walks up to me true. while driving the GMC Acadia and says, of course, idiot me, didn't see it coming, <laughs> says to me, you know that show you do about people having cars they love? And I went, yeah. She went, I hate my car. <laughs> oh, oh, talk about painted into a corner. Dang it. Yeah, exactly. There, was, there was no way out of you, you. You would think I would have seen that coming. <laughs> you would think I would have known. Anyway, why is there a rake on the floor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly it. right. And there's one behind it. No, Derek. Here's the thing. My question is, how far apart are your choices? Mm. That's my first question. Is what were you going to buy, and what has she expressed interest in? Because I think what you do is you find the car that meets you in the middle. I mean, or find out, or or, or go yeah, this way. Well, it's kind of what we do. Generally speaking, for, without question, yeah. But find out. The other thing I would say is cultivate this in one area. What is she like or what is she intrigued by in the next car? Okay. Because okay. she may Good. go, I want fill in the blank. I don't know what it is. I want a little tiny SUV. Maybe she does. But why? 
So, so un- see if you can unpack the reasons why she's interested in whatever car she's in- interested in. See if you can find something that m- matches all of those categories. This is why I'm in a Cayenne. Mm-hmm. My wife was she was only SUV shopping. As much as I wanted Large her... Large SUV shopping, too. And, and She's look, a truck girl. Exactly. We, we drove a Panamera because I really wanted her to be in a Panamera. But that was out. She yeah. wanted a truck. She wanted something... You <laughs> Don't know. ever say, this truck drives so car-like to her. Ever. Yes, that's the, that's, ever do that's that. the worst thing ever. Yeah, Car salesman said it to her once, and she looked at him deadpan and went, that's why I hate it. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Anyway, my, my, I love my wife. Anyway, she's awesome. But uh, yeah, she's, So, she's so cool. that happened, which is very funny. But... So this is why we wound up in a Cayenne, because I looked at the things she wanted, and I looked at the things I wanted, which was, I don't want this to feel like a big, huge, lumbering truck. And I went, let's, we had a list of things to drive. Cayenne was on the list, because I added it. Mm. And she got in and went, what is this now? So that's the thing I think you need to do, Derek, is figure out the things she really would like in that car, and how can you find something you like that has those characteristics? I think really what Todd's trying to say is Cayenne's for everyone. Cayenne's for your wife is what you're trying to say. That's well, the bottom hey, line, right? It, it worked in my life. It doesn't mean it works in yours, for well, sure. All right. So Samuel W. is uh, writing on Facebook here. He says, I love boxer engine cars. What boxer engine is best in your opinion? The only thing well, this question is missing is the hey, Paul, on the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> True. I thought I'd field this just briefly. And... Um, the manufacturer is Porsche, but it's not the boxer engine you're thinking of. Okay. The best boxer engine that I can come up with okay. is the 1970 to 1971 Porsche 917K flat 12 engine. Yeah, that wins. I think that's right there. my engine. I thought Ferrari boxer. Nope, it's the 917. Done. Wow. They eventually got 1,100 horsepower out of it. And on one of the models, I was reading about this, they could take their hands off the wheel at 246 miles an hour. It was so stable and kind of fast. Hey, hey, Ma, no hands. Flat 12 engine. Wow. Okay. There right. you go. So, yes, it's a Porsche. It's one well, of the most right. iconic you, you racing cars. You did not go where I time. expected. I thought you were going to go Metzger engine. Uh, well done. It Very actually good. kind of was. It was used, you know, it was developed along those lines yeah. with the same guy. Yeah, yeah. The 12, though, but is the 12 key of thing. them. Yeah, 12. Yeah. And when you stand by those cars at the Porsche Museum, which may be a part of our trip this year, when you stand by the yeah. cars at the Porsche Museum, you're shocked by how long the tail of them is because it's all engine. Yeah. The the uh, the pig, the pink pig, was uh, one of the aerodynamic studies of that car. And I also keep looking at those cars when I see them in person, and I think, how small were these drivers? Well... Yeah. I feel like a tree standing next to those cars <laughs> from a driver. Now, 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 look, they're plenty big enough. It's just they're all engine. And I'm going, where does the tiny little person – are toddlers driving this? They, <laughs> they're just – it's unbelievable. Anyway. They were pretty small. Wow. Okay. Uh, damn it, Patton. Still my favorite. Wrote in on IG and said he recently had a family emergency over the weekend. Look, I hope everything's okay, first off. Yeah, definitely. But the problem was they ran into that we have to swap cars thing, and his wife can't drive stick. Mm, yeah. So he's asking, okay – how do we solve this? And so he, he, did, he did his own research and discovered the stat he found. The stat he found was that about 3% of Americans, which that's a shockingly low I'm stat. I'm amazed by this. Actually, I'm curious as to where this came from. Yeah, but he, his, his research Americans? revealed that 3% of Americans know how to drive a manual transmission. Now, I do know, I do know that compared to Europe, the numbers are frightening. Because in Europe, it's very common. Everybody knows. It's very, well, uh, by and large, it's very common. Yeah. But... I do know here it's it's far less common, but that's still a shocking stat. But here's the thing. It, ha- it probably is well less than 10%. What, even if that stat's wrong, there's no question on my mind that it's less than 10%. We've seen the internet meme, the, you know, a photo of a stick shift gearbox and says millennial anti-theft device. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but, you, but we've all seen those stories, and I swear they keep happening, where some guy tries to carjack a car, gets in and goes, uh-oh. <laughs> because it's a manual. I mean, that that's it. just it, it solved. So anyway, he's saying, shouldn't this be part of our licensing program? And I'm going to say two things. Yes, and never going to happen because it is a dying True. technology. And and if anything, if you look at it this way, uh, damn it, Patton, that's fun to say. Uh, if you look at it this way, <laughs> we are headed toward you drive less, not you drive more. Yeah. That's where the technology, that, that's where the advancements are being done. You need to worry about less than you're worrying about right now. We're not worrying about enough, I feel like. But okay. All right. It's, Although it's, a small sect of drivers will chase this you know, endlessly and pursue. Mm-hmm. And so it, it will never die, in my mm-hmm. opinion, because cars are going to get restored. Cars will still exist that have yeah. manuals yeah, but, and be very much in demand. 
I, like 70s I think, and 80s Porsche 911s. I mean, we, <clears throat> we, yeah, that you want to build from a shell in your garage. Don't do that. Correct. Don't do that. But here's <laughs> the thing. Sounds fun. Here's the thing. I think it is a great skill to teach everybody you know because Absolutely. I think it's an interesting skill. And, and I've talked about it before. I think, it's, I think it's the only kind of car to buy your 16-year-old driver. Not because they need to know the skill, but because it's really hard to be distracted when there's that much going on. Welcome to trying to text and drive stick. Difficult. Yeah. But this isn't going to happen because the whole technology is moving away from more involvement. So unfortunately, it's gone. It's not going to happen. I, I, my, I guess I, my encouragement to you is teach your wife to drive stick. But it, and I also think this, and, and again, I'm just projecting from my experience with my wife, but she likes being able to know. She likes that she can drive stick. Mm-hmm. There's an accomplishment there. Whether or not There's she practices a, it on a daily basis or not. She doesn't. She drives the Cayenne. I have the stick shift cars. She also lives with you. Exactly. Which, yeah, that, that takes effort. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. I wasn't going there. But. No, I, let's be honest. This is, this is how it goes. <laughs> well, I really that's, wasn't. That's, that's, that's reality. Was, and, was, then there's, and then there's Minnie, me, my son. And I think that day she's just like, seriously, there's an eject handle because i got to get away from all the talking. I must ex- escape the talking. Honey, wh- why are you taking my load? Wait, where? She are and the going? dog are gone. They're just trying to find quiet. <laughs> That's really what's going on in my house most of the time. And you're laughing because you know it's true. I That's know the, it's true. the scary thing. Anyway, I'm way off in the weeds. But I, I say teach your wife to drive stick because I think she, she may have an initial aversion to it. But I think once she accomplishes it, it's an accomplishment that would be really cool. Can I add a few other life skills to that list? And that is uh, being able to trailer a boat. Yes. Operate the hitch properly and uh, back the boat down into the boat ramp properly. Yeah. And also learn how to, you know, lash your boat to the cleats, you know, just basic throw out the bumpers, you know, yeah. little life skills like that. Definitely stick shift is on there. Also but. a tiny percentage of people that ever actually need these talents, but at the same time, they are cool talents for sure. You know, so you're not Billy Bayliner, you know, everybody's laughing at you, whatever the stick shift equivalent of that is. Billy Bayliner. You know what I'm talking about too. <laughs> I wish I did, but I still do. I still <laughs> get like, that. oh, so you're into boating now and you bought the cheapest boat possible. And I'm not denigrating Bayliner boats. That was not the point. It was Here just. Here come the emails. I Brace know. yourself. Oh, I did man. not say this. For, for once, I won't get the angry email. That's the nice <laughs> Normally, I rant, and then here come the emails. That's oh, how that no. works. All right. So sticking with the manual transmission theme, Ed the Sled is also writing to us asking, what car would you swap a manual into because it's only offered as an automatic? And he mm-hmm. says, you know, the AMG, GT, AMG GT, the Audi, Lexus LFA. I mean, the cars that you're naming, especially the Mercedes AMG GT and the Lexus, those are designed as you know, take no prisoners. We're extracting yeah, the yeah. most amount of performance. And honestly, a dual clutch will far exceed any manual transmission of capabilities. Of course it will. Yeah. And that's what the car is designed to do. And so therefore the engineers and designers are going to spec that in an effort to get those performance numbers and mm, get mm. that driving experience. So I would say I've all actually wanted to do this for quite a while. Coming back to the Porsche 928, okay. it was mostly like 80% of that car was offered as an automatic because they thought that was going to be the car that would take over 911s mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the direction the market was heading was, sure. hey, this is just going to be a cruising, long-distance GT touring car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the you know clientele, kind of like Ferrari started doing. Mm-hmm. And then you see a 360 Modena with a manual transmission. You think, quick, buy that car. <laughs> Not that... Mortgage the house. Must have car. Go buy the Ferrari. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'd love to put uh, a PDK with the twin turbo V6 into a 928 and wake it up with modern Porsche mechanicals. Yeah. But I'd also just the manual transmission and specifically that car because it was a dog leg and Mm. first gear was over and back towards you. That was first. (laughs) Second being... You know, Backing into your neighbors <laughs> in streetlights, yes. I mean, it, it took actually a little bit of a different thinking, but For the sure. second to third interaction was seconds forward, thirds back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very yeah. interesting. That's the whole purpose of the dog leg, for sure. Yeah, yeah so it just... The, that interaction because that's where you spend most of your time mm-hmm. in this car is mm-hmm. you know extracting everything out of second straight back into third. Yep. I liked that transaxle setup a lot sure, better. Sure, so sure. I, I, yeah, more into the 928 for me. Okay, I like that. Uh, I actually... I, I feel like there's a lot of these on this list we could possibly go, you know what would be cool? Like, I, I think really out of the box and crazy, there's no purpose for it at all. But wouldn't it be interesting if McLaren's came in a, in a manual transmission? Oh. But. I could see that. Yeah. But. Yeah. I do have two thoughts, though. And that is the current Alfa Romeo lineup. The 4C mm. and the Julia. Now, the Julia I know is offered overseas in a manual. But honestly. Both of those cars would be very intrigued to drive in a manual. I wish they existed. The 4C specifically 
that would actually add a lot. I think it would of add driving. I think it would add. Car. Yeah. Hmm. Thinking this through, yeah, that would add a lot. Hmm. Like uh, let's see many, many others. Let's see. Uh, Raman wrote in on uh, Facebook and he said, "350Z or E46M3." He's asking uh, if they're competitors, and he's asking which we think is better. Here's the thing. I think the E46M3 is a more interesting car on all fronts. However, I think the 350Z is just going to run, and it's going to run fast. It's going to cost you a lot less of ownership over time. Yes. You could get one cheap. You can make it robust very quickly. There's the whole spec 350Z world. Those cars are quick. Yeah, they are. are fun. They are fun. The E46M3 is a more special car. Yeah, it's definitely more compelling as a car, you know, just owning it. But interior, you get parts on the 350. Yeah, the long. interior, the feel of the engine, the, the steering, that E46 M3 is, that's the poster child for what we think a BMW is as far as how it's supposed to drive. Mm-hmm. And it's got, I mean, it's got an interior that's really aged well, too. Yeah, Whereas the 350Z, true. I'm sorry, was a bad interior when it started. I hate to say it. I mean, you, you made the comment when we first drove it that they ordered some door. I mean, the interior door that's panel right. looks like it's unfinished. So, but that's not the, the th- where the 350Z shines. It shines because if you've stepped up from Spec Miata, you went 350Z. They just run. They're robust. They're quick. They're hardy. That's where they where they really shine. So, mm-hmm. what are you using it for? What are you chasing? I think those are the pros and cons there. There was a question, really good one, from WC Dunn on Instagram. He said, "If there was an Olympics for cars, oh, no. what would some events be, and which cars would be the favorite?" Now, my mind went more towards the event rather than the cars themselves because uh, <laughs> let's break this down briefly. I won't spend too much time on this, but let's break Fiat this 500 down. 500 curling? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I caught myself watching curling. I was just, you know, a that's, bit of drool escaped that's, my mouth. That's, how, that's what happens with everyone. Everyone, everyone no one like, turns on the TV and goes, curling's on. Everybody goes, uh, oh, why, why have I just watched 20 minutes of curling? Because you had the Olympics just, on and they're now covering curling. <laughs> Curling. I never. Every four years, I see curling. Huh. Anyway, so uh, this Olympics. If you think about it, and you break Olympics down, it's all these sports done at a very high level. It's all the sports that you and I love, and you know, not can do, but most people can do, but done at a very high level. Yeah. I also heard Bob Costa say a while back. He said. Everything that I did growing up as a kid in my backyard is now an Olympic sport. And that after he was reporting on trampolining and ribbon twirling that are now Olympic sports. Well, I have to agree with him on that point. But Olympics are the human potential at a very high level doing skiing yeah, or yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Okay, So Olympics for cars means you have to take the human element out of it. It has to be all about the machine. Oh, wow. You've taken this a lot farther than I thought possible. So it's because otherwise it's still the human element of driving and racing cars. And well, some drivers are better than others, obviously, and then they're going to win. Okay. So what makes Olympics for the car itself? And therefore, I come to two things that inspired me. The first was race of champions. Yeah. Grueling race. Yeah. But that still denotes the driver as the champion. And then the second was uh, a company called Bandito Brothers, started by Mouse McCoy, who starred in the movie Dust to Glory in 2004. Okay. He rode his motorcycle to a Baja victory. I mean, totally amazing movie. But I had the pleasure of working with him for a little bit. His name is Mouse McCoy, and he started a new company called Hackrod, hackrod hackrod.com. It's Mm -hmm. generatively designed cars. But this guy just, you know, created all the Mattel Hot Wheels stunts of the flips and the loops and all the stuff for the Guinness World Records. That's what his former Bandito Brothers company did. Okay. So let's combine everything that defines driving and one car that is put through all these grueling events, meaning you would have to have multiple drivers extracting the goodness out of the car. It's the car Cathalon. Sorry, well, couldn't oh, resist. Gosh, there's the shirt. That's at least the uh, oh, podcast. You're title. write that down, aren't you? I am going to write it down. Car Catalog. That's a podcast title. So here's the ca- the categories that we're going to combine into everything into one giant event, and the car that takes the overall win is the Olympic winner for the car, for the medal, for the machine. There is much thought that has gone into this. I thought about this all afternoon. I, I am horrified and amazed <laughs> all at once. Different road surfaces, drifting, drag racing, ice driving, jumping cars, two-wheel driving, fuel economy, an endurance race, and the ability for the car to do a Rockford. You've just actually counted out 10 things. You did create the car cathalon. I'm, I'm simultaneously <laughs> really impressed and completely horrified. 
If there is one car that exceeds and takes the overall win doing all of these things, and obviously it's going to have to be performed by multiple human beings, yeah. then the car is the winner and not the drivers. Wow. The end. I, I just, I, yeah, okay. That, that's your mic drop moment. I, Onwards. I'm shocked at how far that went. Well done. Very Love well the question. Done. Yeah, no, no, no question that you did, uh, Professor. <laughs> professor, <laughs> tomorrow looks like T- TMR on Instagram wrote in. He's asking how the heck we take care of our cars during the winter. Ah, um, depends on the car would be the first answer. The Lotus does not like to be washed. In case you haven't heard this story. <laughs> so I have to be very careful of the days that actually comes out, even if it's a nice, sunshiny day. I have to be very careful. Do you like that you but, ripped the guts out of it so it would stop being angry at you after you washed it? Well, come on. No, I ripped the guts out of it after I was up halfway down my stairs at 3 o'clock in the morning because the alarm was going off. And that was the beginning of – no, that wasn't the beginning. That was the end. <laughs> that was the if end, If I yeah. could have actually taken uh-huh. a wrench in the middle of the night and started then and not kept my wife awake, I would have done it right then. Honey, what – I what waited. Are you doing? No, no. It was the moment when she rolled over at three o'clock in the morning and said, "Is that your car?" Uh huh. <laughs> and then I was halfway down the stairs and it stopped. And I thought, "Oh no, we're not doing this. This will not happen again." <laughs> it's like again. that chirp of your fire alarm in your house. This will and the not. Battery start to go. Exactly. You, where Where did that chirp come from? Exactly. Where, which, You're which walking one? around the house with a shotgun, trying to figure out which which one has to Dang die. It. Exactly that world. Anyway, sorry. How do we keep our cars clean in the winter? Uh, look, there are going to be those of you that are paint aficionados. I am not one. I like tires uh, that, that, that are going to be horrified by what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I do have a membership at my local drive through wash for the Mini and for the Cayenne because they're just going to get salty and nasty. And so the thing about the membership, and it depends yeah. on where you are, but like the, the membership I have here, it sounds so pretentious, but follow along. You pay the cost of two nice washes for the month, so it's like thirty-five bucks or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. and that you can go through. You can go through many times today if you want. So the great thing that that does, I find, we use it more in the winter than we do in the summer. Because mm, yeah. okay, yeah. look, it snowed last night and it's going to snow again tomorrow. But I just keep driving it through to get everything blasted off the car. I know, I know that these. I will always remember going through this wash with the guys from Gears and Gasoline when we shot with them. Because Ben and Ben had never been through oh, yeah. a drive-through wash before. Oh yeah, that's they were funny. genuinely frightened of it. <laughs> okay, my, machinery. My son, who's eight, is so over it. You know, these guys had totally. never been th- anyway. But uh, so that's the thing. I just drive the Mini through. I used to drive the FRS through because it was a year-round car. The Cayenne goes through there. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not the greatest thing for the paint, but leaving that stuff on there while you're driving through salty Salt Lake area is even worse. True. True. No, that's that's a great. Great point. Uh, what else is on here? Um, Neil P. is asking about colors. We don't talk about colors too much, saying what color, what best color currently available in each manufacturer's palette. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go through all the colors from every car manufacturer on the planet, but I will say a few of them I'm going to put out there. Lamborghini and McLaren do color. Yes, the whole they do. color thing better than anybody. Thankfully, they do. Yeah. I mean... Generally speaking, I find this practice kind of dying a little bit, but the first car, the first special car of a new car in its production run, that first year, mm-hmm. usually has a special color. BMW did this with that, uh, the, you know, the beautiful mustard color for the 01 E46 M3. Yeah, right here. And here. the Laguna Seca blue co- yeah. colors. Yeah. Uh, they still do it with their Austin yellow metallic on the M4. I kind of mm, went through. Mm. I looked at Mazda. I love their soul red metallic. Yeah, yeah. And I love Mercedes, what they're doing. They have Disegno green hell magno for their AMG GTR or solar beam yellow metallic. So green and yellow. Pretty much. Yeah, got it. Okay. And then, you know, Porsche with their Miami blue and sapphire blue. I yes, that are only colors. made one month a, a year or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah but... It's it's kind of interesting. Even uh, you know, I just thought Aston Martin. Yeah, they're starting to do color really well. Otherwise, it's such a study of you know sophistication and the color saying what they want that car to mm-hmm. you know match up with. You wouldn't put the the bright solar beam yellow on you know a Camry. You you wouldn't. Hopefully that, not. Yeah. That would be yeah. distressing. Let's put it that way. But on the <laughs> AMG GTR, it says a lot about the car. On the Lotus Elise, absolutely. Sure, it, sure, it, sure. You know, says the personality. And so the, the study of color and what color palette should be on various cars, yeah. 
such a thing. Well, it's, it's, it's the look at me factor. Look, I'm going to be tacky for a second, okay? If you see a beautiful woman dressed in an amazing dress. Yeah. Keep going. Same dress on a not beautiful woman. Or, you know what? Same dress on a man. Yeah, not, not, not okay. good. It's just, that, that's the thing. A really attractive color needs to be on a car that is worth looking at. Yeah, true. So if you put a really attractive, like, look at me color on a car that is mundane, your brain kind of goes, what's going on there? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm off in the weeds. Cars wear dresses? What? No, it's not. I actually did not say that. Uh, So ACCG quad quad two. It's ACCG two, 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 two. Anyway, this is, I'm on Instagram. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, no, actually, that's Facebook. Wow. Okay, that's awkward. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Um, He's he's asking an interesting question. I I sense a little bit of frustration here. Mm-hmm. How often do we get the tail of our card on Canyon Drives? And he's asking because he is a slightly salty 2018 Audi TTRS owner. Oh, yes. And he's tired of hearing commentary about you can't get the the tail out on on the Audi TT and therefore it's less fun. I want to try to unpack this for a second. Remember, I owned that FRS for two years. (laughs) And the first thing I did was get stickier, better tires. Yeah, yeah. The discussion is that car is only fun because you get the tail out. I went in search of a car that didn't get the tail out as much. I wanted it to get the tail out only when I was searching for it. But most of the time when I drive a Canyon, I want to feel like I am completely bolted to the road. That for me is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I sure. There were times I slid that car around, but it wasn't seeking it out. To answer your question, I rarely get the tail out of a car when I'm on a Canyon road. Rarely. Because other traffic yeah, no kidding. That's the number does, one reason not. If, if it happens, it happens, and you just ride it out exactly. and you just embrace I'm not, it. I'm but, not in search of it or yeah. trying to, to yeah. initiate it. We've had cars that have done it on shoots. It happens, but I'm not going and looking for it. But let me come back to your question. The problem here is not can you get the tail out. The problem here is how does the rotation feel? Hmm. When you have a car that is front-wheel drive biased or is, doesn't rotate perfectly around the center pin of the car, if you want to think of it that way, you can feel it in a corner grinding that front wheel into the earth. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference. When you get a car that rotates really well and does have a tendency to get the back out, I submit to you that it feels like it's rotating better than a car that is front-wheel drive biased and is going to be more prone, at least initially, to understeer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like things like the Lotus and the FRS and the and the MX-5 or your Cayman, these cars, their rotation's amazing. You get in a car that is more front wheel bias, even if it's not front wheel drive, more front wheel bias, and you can just feel it grinding that front and forcing the car to turn. Yeah, that's true. Versus it. spinning it, sure. And that spin feeling—that's what's so so attractive to me, and that's the thing I think that people are responding to in the in the TTRS I, I don't think it's well this car can get the back out it's there's a difference in rotation back to back and that's key yeah and again you know cyclists small woodland creatures yes large animals well guardrails yes. canyons drop offs this you know with this other du- traffic relates directly to another question you know uh Destin Cade wrote in and said do we know of any apps or web- websites to find good driving roads oh yeah and somebody answered, and I'm going to back their play. The best way to find this is to research the roads that motorcyclists use because yeah. there are all kinds of databases. They will break down the road, the length, the traffic amount, etc. The problem with all of these great roads is when you find them, and I'm a, I'm a guy that seeks them out on Google and have found many. Yeah, but, the, fun. but the thing is, once you get there, you can tell it's a great road because two things are happening. You're there in a great car as is the cyclist, as is the motorcyclist. Yeah. So yeah. now that whole get the back out thing is a whole different problem because you're sh- – talk about sharing the road. No kidding. No kidding. So you got to think about the fact of who's around that corner. But those are the guys that know where all the roads are, all the motorcyclists. Agreed. Well, guys, we'll wrap things up. We're uh, – as you can see, we could talk a long time. Four hours later. <laughs> Well, uh, we couldn't do television without our sponsors, so a huge shout-out to them again, and that is Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and Auto Tempest. If you use the code every day mm-hmm. for Covercraft and Griot's Garage, Covercraft will give you 10% off your order. Yep. Griot's Garage will give you free shipping, or did I get that no, backwards? No, you got it backwards. You got it exactly perfectly backwards. Perfectly the, backwards. The idea's right. 
the, the execution's wrong. Covercraft will give you free shipping. They will. Griots will give you 10% off your order. The good thing is that Covercraft is shipping you big stuff, so the free shipping is nice. That's true. And Griots has got awesome products you're going to want a lot of, so that 10% is going to work. We are working on giveaways here. Now that now that deliveries have happened all, of the actual TV show, all kinds of other th- ideas are happening. You didn't know what to do happening. with yourself. I know. It's, it's crazy. You had a weekend. It's, it's bizarre. I watched movies with my son. It was bizarre. Anyway. We're going to try to do some giveaways from from these companies uh, right here on the podcast. So follow along on that. We'll do we'll mention them on the podcast and we'll do them through social media. We're working on what those products are going to be. We're hoping to do giveaways here very shortly. Rod, Kareem, massive thanks for writing in and massive thanks to all of you who yes. write to us. We apologize we can't get to every debate, but if you do have your own debate, you've heard the the qualifications, you've heard what we're looking for. And I love that people, you know, they're they're talking about click and clack. And, you know, people loved listening to that show because of the human interest mm. factor. It wasn't just about repairing cars. True, true, It was true. the human interest factor. And so I will say, if you have your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website and get to us that way, everydaydriver.com. Yes. Love to hear from you. Thank sure. you again for all your questions. Looking forward to next time, guys. Cheers. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.